Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First, Dave, the Alcadron Vader. How are things? Things are outstanding, and uh, I am... I am so very enthusiastic about today's show that I'm not going to elaborate at all. <laughs> we have much to discuss. and We have we should, much, much to discuss. We should get right into it. All right. Next up is the PDH PhD. Liam, how's it going? It's going great. For those who follow me on Twitter or might have been active in our Discord this week, you would have known that I had a very important job interview uh, today. Yeah, how'd that go? I was offered the job oh. on the spot, which is fantastic congratulations I'm, I'm ecstatic about it so. that's outstanding fantastic yeah, yeah that's awesome it is exciting congratulations it's you deserve exciting. it yeah and that's the one you actually were going for right like yeah it's it's uh so it's not really like the grade levels that i wanted it's it's the exact school and the exact position that i was like gunning for uh, amazing opened up and and i'm excited to to be doing it so awesome yeah. that's so cool so cool congratulations that's outstanding yeah I'm, yeah. I'm so happy. It was like such a like stressing out about it all last night, and then I like oh, walk I in there this morning, do the interview, and they're like, "So we'd like to offer you the position." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and just, just, just the stress just melted away, and it was, yeah. it was fantastic. It was probably visible. They probably saw it too. Like, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> your shoulders dropped, your smile <laughs> lifted. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So like Dave said, in the uh, in the essence of saving time here, we do have a very special guest on the show with us today. But before we get to that, we wouldn't be professional podcasters if we didn't do a little bit of housekeeping. So as usual, if you like the show and you like what we're doing here, check us out over at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually a short recording of us sort of catching up for the week. Uh, we did not do one this week but you can guarantee we'll do one next week. Then I usually um, post the show notes along with the episode live before they go out to the public. You also get access to our Discord where you can talk with us, talk talk with the crew here, talk with other patron members, talk about decks, get advice, that sort of thing. Just sort of whatever you feel like having conversations about. Uh, check us out on YouTube as well. We're the PDH pod there. And then uh, my Saturday streams, my spell table streams on Twitch at the PDH pod there as uh, as well. So I think I just sort of ran through that pretty quick. Liam, you want to take it from here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So this week we have a fantastic guest on, as we touched on during the interview. Uh, the, interview the intro. <laughs> uh, the PDH pod would like to extend a welcome to this show, Sheldon Mennery. Hey, fellas. Um, how you doing? Hey. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thanks absolutely. for coming on. Thank you for being here. From, from being a legendary judge uh, who led the charge of fair play in professional magic to the progenitor of the format that changed the face of its casual side, Sheldon Mennery has lived magic's 30 years at the forefront of the action. Uh, he picked up his first card at Gen Con in 93 and has never looked back, certifying as a judge in 96. He's written about the game at StarCityGames.com for the last 22 years, exclusively about Commander for the last 15. He co-founded the Commander Rules Committee in 2006 and has been its spokesperson and public face ever since. After retiring from the judge program in 2011, he did a stint on the Pro Tour coverage team from 2011 to 2013. He took some time off to earn a master's degree in English literature, then put a ribbon on his magic resume by doing a stint as a designer on Strixhaven School of Mages, where he primarily was responsible 
for the Silver Quest Statement pre-constructed deck. He currently lives in Lakeland, Florida with Gretchen, his wife of 18 years. There's six cats and a wine cellar they're happy to invite everyone into. That sounds about right. Six cats is... That's a lot of cats. Uh, we, have, we have the space for it. I had six cats very briefly when I... I had a couple, and then I got a foster. Six cats is so many cats. Yeah, we it's have a, we have the space I, for it. We've got thirty two hundred square feet inside and a big uh, one on it, so okay. there's, there's plenty of room for them. Good, yeah. good, good, good. <laughs> oh, I uh, sorry, I got really distracted by the cats thing. I'm supposed to say a thing. <laughs> Sheldon has graciously agreed to come on this week's episode to be introduced to popper commander as in in a way insofar as introductions go i'm i'm confident that he knows what popper commander is but this is going to be kind of like a uh, a weird sort of interview where he he brings questions to us and we tell him about our format we're going to try to explain what makes popper commander uh, attractive format uh, exciting format the kind of format that you, we want to be playing uh, to all of you and also sheldon Welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see where this goes. Me too. As are we. Awesome. So you just uh, you just casually took some time off to, to get a master's degree, huh? How did that... Was that something you always wanted to do, or was that something you put on pause so, for a while? How did that work? I hadn't... So, okay. Man, context. Um, <laughs> when I retired from the Air Force in 2004, my wife said, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, this company will pay me a lot of money. Sure. And she's like, yeah, but what do you want to do? I'm like, write books and play games? <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. She said, uh -huh. then do that. Uh, for, you know, for those of you who don't, don't know, my wife is, a, is an actual rocket scientist. She's, a, oh, she's an aerospace engineer. Uh, she, makes a, she provides a very nice living for us. So sure. when I retired, I really didn't have to work anymore. Seems Most nice. military nice. retirees yeah. don't have that luxury. Uh, it's right. a stipend, not really a living. But I was like, I was pretty good for a while at the playing games part. Um, and I wasn't as great at the, at the writing books. And I realized somewhere along the way, although I'd been a professional writer for a long time, I maybe didn't have the creative writing skill set that I needed. You know, yeah, people were, you, think, were you trying to do like fiction and yeah, stuff or were fiction. you okay yeah people think that there's something mystical to writing and there's not it's a it's a skill set like a carpenter mm -hmm. right and, sure you know you got your hammers and your saws and your routers or whatever and then i learned about uh the post 9-11 gi bill which pays you to go back to school and i'm like mm -hmm. oh okay you know i i had served um well, we were still in the Gulf War when I retired in 2004, mm -hmm. despite the Mission Accomplished banner. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, you know, like, I didn't find out about that till like, in the interim, I had, we had uh, been owners of a gourmet market and a wine shop that had suffered with the economic downturn in 2008. Mm -hmm. And I was just tootling around, having a good time, and then, you know, doing doing pro truck coverage and which was oh, a fair amount of traveling i think i traveled you know 15 weekends out of 2012 and sure. yeah and then found out about the, the gi bill i was like well hell they're gonna pay me to stay home right. and go to school i might as well mm -hmm. finish this bachelor's degree sure 
<laughs> and then the University of South Florida was nice enough to create an accelerated bachelor's into master's in English literature. I think they did it for me. <laughs> I think they were just like, how do we get this guy through grad school? Because, right. you know, the, the GI Bill benefits um, have a certain number of uh, semesters that you can, that you take. Oh, sure. yeah. And I ended up, I ended up squeezing all the, um, everything into um, the benefits to get the master's degree. So the accelerated program was basically um, senior year of undergrad. You took graduate classes and they counted for both. So they counted for the last year of one and the first year of the other. Sure. So I basically did two years at the same time. And yeah, then, uh, you know, I got, I got sidetracked with some health issues and uh, eventually, eventually finished in um, 2019. And most of what I do now is just, yeah, I'm, I'm going back to around and uh, managing commander has become a, a job. Yeah, I imagine. I don't know about a job. Labor of love. How's that? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like not getting paid to get screamed at on the internet? That sounds like a dream. <laughs> what what could possibly go wrong? Right. Yeah. This is. So, where do I sign up for this? Right. I don't know, Dave. You're pretty close already. You're you're halfway there. No one screams at me. Like exactly. people people show up in the Discord and they're like, "Why aren't command? Or ba why aren't common backgrounds legal?" And I go, "I don't know, man. I tried to make them legal." And they go, "Oh, okay." And then, like that's that's it. Like, why why aren't common backgrounds legal? I mean, they're not legal in the command zone because. That's a really good question. I think Dave's still working on trying to find the answer <laughs> so to that. <laughs> when 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 Baldur's when Baldur's Gate came out, like the the rules committee, we we there, there are ten of us. We we gathered. And we had to make this big decision. Like when? we we were gonna update are the rules. Oh yeah. my there are god! How many formats do you run? You'd be surprised <laughs> if you're interacting with somebody on Twitter, not me or Liam, that they're involved with PDH. They're probably an RC member. <laughs> Might be an RC member. There's a yeah yeah. There, there's so there's ten of us and. So when we, we were all getting these previews of the, the, the backgrounds and we were like, okay, so we're going to have to update the, the, the comprehensive rules to make sure that backgrounds function, but how should they function? We had people showing up in the Discord and they were like, so only the common backgrounds are legal commanders, right? Because like the background is subordinate to the commander. So like your, your commander is the uncommon creature and then you pull in the common background, go with it. And we had other people showing up in the Discord like only the uncommons are legal, right? Like... The, the rules clearly say your commander has to be an uncommon, so, like, we put the uncommon backgrounds in the command zone. And, like, uh, we as the, as the rules committee, we talked about it for, like, two months, and then we took this vote, and the, the vote was six to four in favor of only allowing uncommon backgrounds because people were just reading the rules and saying, our format has always been about uncommons in the command zone, so we're not going to allow commons in the command zone. And uh, it was... Uh, wildly divisive decision people still mm -hmm. show up in the discord constantly like what's legal and depending on <laughs> depending on which rc member happens to be in the discord at that time someone either says these are the ones that are legal and here's why that makes sense or someone else says these are the ones that are legal and here's why it doesn't make sense and this <laughs> this fight is just sort of ongoing we just been like yeah we we made a decision but we've just been kicking the 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 argument down the road so that's the that's the Cliff's Notes version. I have I have questions. Okay. Yes. Please. Can 
Ten. There are ten of us. We, so <laughs> This was my exact reaction when I first read the webpage. I was like, no, how many of them scroll? How do you get anything done? Uh, yeah, so, like, weirdly, the backgrounds thing was the first thing that we had, like, a really big fight about. Like, the other the other really big decisions we made were, like, we, we banned a couple cards a couple of years ago, and, like, that passed 8-2 to two with just, like, overwhelming support, and uh, we, we voted to not include arena rarity shifts as valid, and that voted 9-1, sure. to one. like, everyone was on board with that. Like most of the time, we're all just on the same page about everything. But the backgrounds thing just was, yeah. There yeah, are, that was a hot button for a while. There are ten of us because the the group of us sort of formed uh, almost on accident, sort of like as this haphazard organic thing, uh, where there was a group of people who were managing the Discord and the website, and that group of people were like, I guess we're managing the format now too. <laughs> all of us just are mostly playing casual we should we should get in some of the people who play competitive popper dh so that they can inform us what cards are too strong and so we 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 collected you know three or four of those bodies from the competitive side of things and they were like now we're the rules committee <laughs> look at us yeah i i was included because i was editing the articles for the website at the time which put me in the manager's discord server which became the rc server so uh, that's why 10, if that answers your question. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, I guess my, I guess my follow-up here is why should I recognize your authority? That's a really good question. I kind of think that you shouldn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's, there are, there's one very powerful school of thought here. And that is, uh, our, our authority comes from the fact that a lot of other people recognize it. So Purely by virtue of us having a really big audience, almost everyone's first exposure to Pop EDH is with our supported rule set with 30 life, 16 commander damage, any uncommon creature, you know, the, the bands that we have publicized, like by, by virtue of being very public about it, uh -huh. we are we are the rule set that everyone recognizes. So if you if you wander up to random people and say, let's play PDH, chances are they're going to be adhering to the rules that we have popularized. Um, and that's yeah. that's the only actual reason. The other the other big school of thought here is I just don't recognize it. Like if you if you have a better way to play PDH, <laughs> play PDH that way. Like change change the life. If I learned anything from Monty Python, it's that supreme executive power comes from a mandate <laughs> of the masses. It's not fish people handing out swords. I thought. <laughs> did, did, I was sure. I was that's sure how, that this was going to be. That's how I got my gig. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. ah, that's good. Okay, all right. That's good. Tell a nonsensical aquatic ceremony. <laughs> I like how the first school of thought that Alk mentioned was just the definition of authority. Like, yeah. the, the way you get authority is people recognize it. Yep. Like, like yep. it's just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do hope that I do hope that anybody who's listened to the podcast uh, understands I asked that in jest. And, and I wasn't, you know. I mean, no, you guys I think that's a perfectly valid. So, I mean, the 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 follow up there is that every every time someone new pops into the Discord or the the website or the Reddit and they say, "This is how I want to play PDH," like, what what do you all think? And we, we all go, technically, that's illegal, but I play that way. Like, we're not go we're not the it, boss yeah. of you. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to send the PDH police after you if you put a, you know, a, <laughs> a, a common command 
I've said, right. I've said for most of 20 years, I am not going to Kool-Aid man into your kitchen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and tell you you're doing it wrong. If you right. play with Rhystic Study, I will Kool-Aid into your kitchen. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, aside yeah, that, from that. that's the one trigger. That's the right. one trigger Dave has. That's, yep. that's, that is, that's a bridge too far. That's, that's the boundary I will not cross. But anything else you want to do? Knock yourself out. Have a good time. So 30 that's life and 16 be. commander damage. How did 16? Why not 15? Why not... 17 uh 16 was sort of a half starting plus one we wanted it to follow the the commander what we thought was the commander pattern at the time oh. like we we don't know where 21 came from uh but... 21 came from three hits from an elder dragon i'd heard that before i'd also heard that like mathematically it's it's one of the best numbers because it takes a different number of hits from each power level yep so like i think that 21 is a is a fantastic number but in terms of its relation to l starting life total we sort of all fixated on this half starting plus one relationship and yeah. wanted to preserve that. Well, the um, the thing is, the original rules were life total was 200 divided by the number of players in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yep. I well, have that no was, idea. So, so I, I don't want to go too far into the history of Commander, but um, when, when I got shown the sort of seed of an idea that was not yet a format it was an idea um right that was one of the well it was one of the earlier it wasn't one of the first but it was one of the earlier changes i insisted we have to make because consistency and messaging blah 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 um the first change mm -hmm. was basic lands have to be not singleton because that's the way they were doing it i was like you you'll never go anywhere I, again this was 2002 and a non-basic land base was not happening right right uh, unless you're playing the Tempest, don't untap land. <laughs> uh, yikes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's, that's a reasonable... I mean, the, the half plus one is, is not an unreasonable school of thought. Does it put... It really then doesn't matter if your power is six or seven, right? Yeah, six or seven have the same right. number of hits. Five and four have the same number of hits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. like the... The only the only place that the number sixteen gets a little bit squirrely is Dargo plus Buccaneers Bravado mm -hmm. is game over. Yeah, game over, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Th there's a group down in. Um... Well, and two, like, mm -hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dave, but a lot of yeah, it has fine. to do with, with with I think the power level of the format outside of whatever your commander can do. We had a, a long Twitter conversation about. You know, should it be 16? Should it be 21? We need to raise it up because the games are getting stronger, power creep, all that sort of thing. And I think we came to the consensus, we even talked about it on one of the episodes, that pushing it up to 21 would likely just negate Voltron strategies first yeah. and foremost, along huh. with, you know, other minor strategies. But that right. one for sure would take the biggest. Yeah, hit. I mean, if you're if you're too close, if you're too close to your starting life tunnel, then it doesn't really matter that much, does it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean the idea of commander damage definitely comes from reigning in life gain, like in a multiplayer, mm -hmm. especially in a multiplayer game. You, you sure. definitely don't want just oh, I'll gain a million life. Now what are you going to do? No, I win. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not going to win, but I'm certainly not going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PDH doesn't. I mean, there are there are a couple like tricks you can do to just gain like fifty, seventy life or whatever. That's not very common like mostly the commander damage is is 
to, to incentivize Voltron right. strategies to not be completely useless. Yeah, I guess the um, core uh, the the infinite life core strategy involves a rare card. Yeah. So you can gain infinite life in PDH like with doing Tatiova Ooh, loops. Takes a lot of work, sure. Can you can gain like 60 by putting life link on a crypt rats it's it's possible uh, like to that, just spike the life up real good like 1996 um, all over again oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the good old days yep uh a, a really a really quick story about the the 16 and 30 thing is um l long before pdh got organized in a central hub on online pdh was kind of sprouting up organically lots of different places all over the the country world i guess we have a lot of listeners in um Brazil. I knew you were uh, going to say like, Brazil. Yep. Brazil. Brazil loves popper EDH. Brazil, oh, Brazil loves their popper, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but so for a while, I was just playing PDH locally at my store, and I didn't I didn't realize there was a wider community. I didn't know anything else was going on. And uh, at the, we when we first started, it was 40-21 because we wanted to match Commander. And then we, uh, we were like, these games are taking too long. Things are dragging out. Like, we want games to go faster we, we decided to bring them both down to 30 16 and uh that night i went home and i put together via shino slaughter master which is a two mana one one double strike in jund colors and the deck was just nothing but invigorate and giant growth and <laughs> reckless charge and uh i played a game with this where i i killed the most competitive player in our entire like scene before he had started his second turn and he was like this is stupid commander damage has to be 21 i'm changing the rules <laughs> unilaterally it's 21 now and i was like all right that's fair <laughs> do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah okay um uh forgive me for being dense is this no, a 1v1 or a multiplayer format mostly multiplayer okay we have a 1v1 scene they use a slightly different rule set the 1v1 scene uses 25 life, 21 commander damage, and a different ban list. Okay. But uh, most yeah. of us are here for the multiplayer sure. version. Okay. So we, that's yeah. the standard version. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are um, you are a branch off a very sturdy tree. So. Yes. So bringing the social sure. aspect to it makes a lot of sense. Turns out that orders of magnitude more people responded to the social message than we ever thought would. You know when yeah. when Magic was a top-down <laughs> game, uh, you know Commander got started when Magic was a top-down game, and we were like, oh, that's fine. You know we're going to do our little thing here, and you know it, social first, mechanical second has always been the message. Mm -hmm. And then like a bunch of people were like, yeah, let's do that. So yeah, I think you're you're heading in the right direction that way. Yeah. So um, compared to compared to um, regular Commander, how fast are games? Uh, They're getting faster. We actually have a pretty thriving competitive PDH scene. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, there's CD, CEDH and there's also CPDH. Okay. They track their games throughout the year uh, through their own competitive PDH Discord. And I want to say the average game is around 10 turns now. I think nine, nine and a half, somewhere that's around fine. there. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. For the, for, the competitive, for the competitive side of it, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I, that's a good casual game to me. 10 yeah, turns. sure. And, once, yeah. We, once we get to 10 turns, I think all bets are off. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's totally so fair. I <laughs> uh, just opened up the cpdh.guide uh, metagame stats. And on the official like stats tracking website, 
there is a decent number of games that will go to 15 turns. Oh my goodness. Uh, the the biggest sure. spike is around turn 6. Uh, to t Jumping to turn 7 is the biggest spike. And it kind of plateaus to about turn 10, 11, and it starts to dip off. So about turn 10, 11 is where most competitive games are going to, to wrap up. That's, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about that. That gives you time to... That gives you time to unfold the game. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, it gives you time to time to play too, if you want. Yeah, how, yeah it gives you time to play. <laughs> how do you? How have you? How have you prevented the the streams from crossing, as it were? You know, people. Go ahead. Do you mean competitive and casual Which, streams? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're crossed. Oh yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. They're they're pretty they're, well crossed. Yeah, they've gone full <laughs> full Ghostbusters. <laughs> I think that the, the PDH community is in general has pretty much anyone who, who plays and is active in the community, whether it's in Discord or, or Twitter or Reddit, has both of competitive decks and casual decks. And so when you sit down to play with a pod, typically it's going to be over something like Spell Table, unless you're in one of the what we're calling competitive hubs, mm -hmm. which is a couple of cities that have like a, a just a huge density of players interested in the format. Okay. And those cities happen to all enjoy just competitive play. Yeah. But when you spread out and you're sitting down with people over spell table, there's a very healthy amount of rule zero discussion that happens. Good. Where we're like, okay, game one, we're going to play a casual game. And then game two, all bets are off. Let's just competitive cutthroat. Right. Sure. But even, even with that rule zero uh, healthy discussion that's just across the community, you'll get people who let common backgrounds in or who let like an uncommon enchantment through or let an uncommon planeswalker because the format is still, even though it's got a decent amount of years to it, it's still kind of like a baby format just because it's it's recently hit its growth boons. Mm -hmm. So people are just kind of feeling out all of the Rule Zero discussions and, and getting, we're still getting feels and all that. And, and just in general, competitive and casual, streams across. Everyone has both types of decks. Well, so what do you point yep. to as the sort of birth date of PDH? Uh, around 2013-ish is when you started to see, like, blog posts and, like, little miniature articles saying, like, what if we did all commons? Mm -hmm. The the home base, like, sort of centralizing everything and putting this one standardized set of rules as in one standardized hub for everything, that happened uh, a few years, years later. later. I want to say 16 or 17 is when that started to become a thing. But I think I think the format is about ten years old now. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've been I've been interested for quite a long time for for twelve to eighteen months about just like I gotta I gotta look into this. I gotta you know I gotta build Good. the deck. I'm, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it my next project. And then awesome. something else would come up, right? <laughs> and it would always be uh -huh. the next project. It's like okay, yeah, yep. yeah. Remember, don't forget the PDH, and then it you know. And I, then things happen. And... Sure. I will warn you, it's, it's a bug. I, I, I kind of jumped from both halves of 60-card Popper and EDH, jumped into PDH, and, and I haven't stopped. It's been about three years. Um, and it's, it's, I, I am way more a prolific deck builder in PDH than I ever was in EDH. Uh, when it comes to EDH, I just like to, I like to like pull the most common list off EDH rec, make a couple tweaks, and just roll with it. Mm -hmm. but, but with PDH, it's just like I, I'm building some stuff that like there's nothing on tapped out or Moxfield or Architect. It's just like oh, this is going to be fun. Well, you probably <laughs> yeah, you probably have a lot 
more undiscovered country than sure than yes. we do right but, you know <laughs> you don't have again you don't have 20 years nearly 20 years of people trying to break the I, format right. as far as i know last december i became the first person to ever build a coal golem pdh deck Oh, there's there's a lot of undiscovered territory left. It's not good territory, but it is okay, undiscovered. It's not, it's not good territory. So, so any uncommon creature, Correct. to include legendary ones. So Tekiova is viable, right? Yep. Oh, Tekiova is uh, viable. And Tekiova is basically is Tekiova basically the default. Tatiova is the boogeyman. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. To 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 go back really briefly to to something you asked earlier about how the the streams crossing. If I can provide a very quick history of the competitive scene. All right, 25 words or less. Three. Do it. Oh, no. You got one tweet. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I've never tweeted anything. A handful of years ago, the competitive scene was a collection of German guys that were very enthusiastic about combo. Like, they were, Mm -hmm. they had sort of agreed that, you know, like, if you're trying to kill three people at once, like, combo is the most effective, most efficient way to do it. And they were, they're they're, they're all brilliant people. They're all uh, prolific deck builders. And, you know, every now and again, one of them would say, what if we did combat instead? And, like, one combat deck against three combo decks just loses. Like, you get ignored all game and then then you get blown out. So, it never got any traction. And then a couple of years, uh, that, that was the scene for a while. A couple of years ago, some other folks showed up and they were like, we don't like combo though. And they basically just sort of invented their own separate meta where if you showed up with a combo deck, you were the one that got gang beat to death. <laughs> and the other three com- combat decks, one of those would win. And they, it turns out that there are a lot more of them than there were of this like collection of uh, German guys who were originally sort of exploring the thing. And so they kind of like overran the whole thing. And now, like I think most recently, the the winningest deck in the competitive scene was Gut plus Inspiring Leader just to make a bunch of 6-3 menace skeletons and beat everyone to death. Mm-hmm. And like that that theme has is what has been driving the average turns down to below 10. And like everyone is so all in on like combat I, I, I say everyone is hyperbolic. People are moving more and more towards this combat scene, this let's be aggressive, let's take the initiative, let's get value, let's do the mid-range plan. That there is uh, People have started joking that the competitive scene is just moving more and more towards what we call pals meta. There's a group called the PDH pals that just exclusively play stupid cards and like attack with howling golems nonstop. And, yeah. Howling golems and scare tillers. Uh, and so, like, Howling Gollum and Scare Tiller have started to make appearances in the competitive deck. So that's that's how thoroughly the streams have crossed. Nice. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, that, that seems like a that seems like a an an inverse way of things happening. That the that the that the casuals are driving some of the competitive. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's interesting to watch too. Like, not not just be part of the community or of the format and play games, but like to sit back and watch watch people talk about the pods they played and where the meta's going and that sort of thing. You can see the influence like happening before your eyes. It's really neat. Huh? Yeah, that's cool. Were you going to say something, Liam? No, I was, I was just making, making faces of what Alk was saying. I was, I was enjoying what <laughs> he was saying and, and getting to it. Uh, and, and as he was talking, I was, I was uh, continuing to scroll the list of uh, competitive decks, looking at like the, the gut uh, standings and whatnot. And I noticed that my competitive deck has made it onto the guide. Uh, Ethos One Sphinx. Oh, East Sphinx, Sphinx, yeah. Yep. East, East Sphinx has made it onto the guide, and, and I'm I'm 
curious if the one win that has been uh, marked on this is mine or not. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I know that a guy named Drainer has also been pushing the E-Sphinx plan a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe um, I'll just have to go back and submit mine. I think you should. Get, get, get another win on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> E-Sphinx is a fascinating competitive deck because it's not... Like, you can't really run counterspells in this competitive... Because you cascade into them, and then they're useless. They're dead right. cards. So you have to find, like... There's a couple modal counterspells. Like, you find the Villain's Lair and that new, like, Soul Read thing from Jumpstart. And like Urza's Rebuff is brutal. Urza's yeah, Rebuff. Urza's so you have, these, you have these, like, arguably really bad rate modal counterspells as your only form of, like, interaction. But then you're just cascading into Maelstrom Colossuses and, like, <laughs> Spined Megalodons. Like, come at me, let's go! Right? Like, it's such a wild experience to see a, a blue deck in, in competitive PDH that's just all about turning stuff sideways. Like, yep. You love to see it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Arcane Denial is still a viable counterspell, right? Arcane oh, yeah. Denial... Just still... to draw three and then recast the Sphinx. It's not a bad plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still one of the better counter spells in the format. You mentioned earlier uh, putting off your your PDH deck building projects because things keep coming up. What sort of what do you play in EDH, and would you take those same leanings towards PDH, or would you try to like discover something completely, yeah, completely in new and different? General, in in general, I like combat. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Love it, love it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I sort of like the ten-turn game. I mm -hmm. I specifically like my brain winning the game and not my cards. Like I don't, I just don't want to vomit cards onto the table and win. Uh, okay. I, I want, I want to have to. I kind of want to have to figure out the board state and make the best play. You know, I at a command fest or Magic Con. I don't remember which. I ended up winning a game by using spinning wheel kick to kill <laughs> my entire, t my own team. So I used a worm coil engine mm -hmm. to deal X damage to all of, to, to most of my creatures, uh, many of which were artifact creatures, and I had Marionette Master in play. So it was, it was, Mar it was, it was a crazy, right. it was a crazy turn of, it was a crazy turn of. Jahir is a respite to fog off like a hundred damage, right, um, from somebody's attack with eighteen creatures or whatever, uh, and put eighteen lands in the play. And uh, but the like like the only creatures I had in play at the time were an Avenger of Zendikar and like a Pitiless Thunderer. Mm -hmm. Oh no! <laughs> and um, uh, so the, the the Avenger was big, but. All his all his creatures had vigilance, so I like like there was no crackback. Right. Um, but but then I had all that land, and it was just sack one of the creatures to uh, not pitiless thunder, sorry, uh, shadowheart. Um, just this year, so I sacked one of the one of the plant tokens and drew fifteen or eighteen cards or whatever, and it was, and then it was <laughs> Nick's bloom ancient mm -hmm. into marionette master, put the three counters on it. Into Green Gear Hulk, put the Green Gear Hulk counters on the Marionette Master, and then hey, I'll just murder my own team with this spinning wheel kick. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Beautiful. So, um, I mean, generally, I like combat. Um, I like to, uh, I like to turn them sideways and get in a red zone with inter You know, I, but interaction. You know, you can't sure, figure out right. board states if you can't do stuff. 
So um, mm-hmm. I, I do it's... believe that most commander players need to play more interaction in their decks. This sounds like a Malcolm Kettis, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it sounds like this man would enjoy Malcolm Kettis. Is that mm-hmm. legal? No. Yeah, Mal- Malcolm and Kettis are both uncommon. Oh, but, oh my partners. goodness. Partners, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we got a bunch oh, yeah. of crazy uh, partners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely could be right up my alley. It's like, oh, draw the cards. Yeah. Oh, make you treasure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've got you've got the you've got the combat base. You got the damage kind of slinging around with Kedis. You've got the combo win. You've got the the control magic that's in the deck. That <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, Malcolm Kedis sounds like it's right up your alley. Yeah, that, no, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah, I, I I'm not a big fan of of I mean like I I I mean is Nigella a combo deck? Right, that would be like my my CDH deck is is a well, it's not it's. It's called Najila Secretly Winota. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I have a couple of decks with combos in them. Like, sure. Game gotta, games got to end sometime combos. Yeah, exactly. But for the most mm-hmm. part, I don't necessarily design a, a winning end state into the deck. I'd rather, much rather design a deck that does a thing. Um, that I know is yes. that I know is generally good. You know, smashing people for fifteen at a time is good, right? Can't go wrong. Pretty good. Um, but in general, not a yeah, not I don't I don't have a finish line that I'm trying to get to. It's just do well, be a, be a part of the game, drive some of the play. Because I, I mean, I do believe that the the best commander games are ones where everybody does something and then something epic happens. And then somebody eventually wins, and it doesn't yep. really matter who wins. Like if if the epic thing was fun enough, then we all won anyway. Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Uh, making sure that everyone does a thing is the the best thing that I can possibly. Which is that's that is the fundamental driving force behind the the pals meta I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. The pals is a group of guys that they all stream on Twitch, and they learned early that like you know if you're playing a game on Twitch and people are watching and someone just abruptly combos out of nowhere on turn six with no warning and the game is just over, like it is impossible to get viewers invested in that. So they, they kind of shifted their meta early towards, you know, this, this howling golem thing. Like, you know, if we, if we make everyone draw a card, every turn cycle, like everyone's deck is going to get a chance to do its thing. Right. And everyone can watch all the decks do their things and it'll be this, this beautiful chaos. And then someone will eventually win. Yeah. Why do you think game nights never abruptly ends? Yes, right. It's built in. It's built into the narrative. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't. They design. They don't design decks where. Um, and JLK said them um, the other uh, episode or two ago on the podcast. He said they've kind of shadow banned Sol Ring from their decks. It's like you know one yeah. player, one player on like the, in the on camera games, like yeah, yeah, one yeah. player just jumping out to that kind of a lead. Even if the numbers might work out that that they lose more often than they win, it, it doesn't create the the right kind of a good kind of story that people are, are interested in watching. Right, exactly. So, you know, I I get it from from that standpoint. When you're watching a stream, you want you want the kind of games that are that have things happening. Yep. Um, in the game, and then you know the conversations yeah. off to the side, inter- you know um, engagement with the chat, and so forth and so on. Um, mm-hmm. So that yeah, that that sounds like yeah. Again, that sounds like doing it right to me. 
Yeah. They they do good work. <laughs> oh, that's the one. What's it? They, what's it called again? Pals. The PDH, the PDH pals. pals. Yep. They're, yeah. they're that on Twitter, on Twitch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Got it. If if you ask them to, they will they will play a game where one person's commander is veteran explorer, <laughs> and one person's commander is humble defector. So it's like group, it's like everyone's playing group hug. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, that's yes. That's that's the quintessential pals game. So you get you get veteran explorer, you get humble defector, you get someone on noggle ransacker, and then you'll have a fourth guy who's just playing the uncommon obnixilis. <laughs> it's that's just an underworld dreams. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's how you guarantee the game eventually ends. It's uh, everyone has a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, Malcolm and Kedis sounds a little competitive to me. It is very. It is very competitive. That sounds like it's going to be very saucy. Yeah, very saucy. That's a good way to put it. I don't think it was ever tier zero, but it was definitely tier one at one point. Sure. I think it's probably fallen by the wayside to round tier two, tier one and a half now. Right, but Um, it will still wreck a casual table. Oh yeah, it'll 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 pub stomp a casual table, but. The fun thing to do is uh, rule zero in your EDH games using a PDH deck. A lot of times, you know, you can walk up with, uh, you know, your group of friends and use use any PDH deck, but it, it's much easier to get the conversation started with Uncommon Legend. Mm-hmm. And Tatiova, like you mentioned, Tatiova will walk up to a PDH pod, and if you kind of lay lay under the radar for at least one player to get out, you will win that game. Malcolm and Kenneth, very similar. Like, if yeah. you can lay low under the radar just long enough, you will win that game, and it's just. Well, I believe, I believe deeply, and even wrote a number of years ago. God, it's probably been more than a decade now. The philosophy of being second best in a multiplayer yes. game, yeah. and yes. you yeah. let the, you just let the. Which I, I think it's one of the reasons I don't like combo in multiplayer because it's generally just the person who has resources after the big war happens. Yeah. That's exactly why I dislike the game Munchkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same dynamic where one person's like, I'm ready to win, and six people beat them to death. And then someone else is like, what if I win? And everyone's like, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent it all. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. To, to Liam's point, I, I have historically, I've taken a Zada PDH deck into EDH games and just curb stomped everyone because they the, the the trick to doing that is if you if you roll up with your Zada deck unsleeved yeah. and then tell them that it's all commons <laughs> no one will ever spend resources on you until they're yep. dead and they'll be like oh I, how could I have seen this coming and be like well you could have read the card <laughs> yeah. um, the the other thing uh, to, to to the philosophy of second best uh, this actually just happened on the stream at a um uh in philadelphia there was a, a pdh tournament with like 32 people there and the finals involved a table with tatiova versus gretchen and tatiova has they're both you know really, really um what's the word resilient yes they're both really resilient combo decks but tatiova is the one with the reputation Right. So for the first seven turns of this game, the other two players, which I think were Viscopa Guildmage and uh, Third Past Iconoclast, yeah, these other two players were just beating Tetiova to death, like unrelentingly, and no one touched Gretchen. Gretchen was sitting there like missing land drops, but just going completely untouched, drawing two cards a turn off Gretchen. Yeah, and Gretchen absolutely took that game, <laughs> like. Yep. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if the Gretchen was ever the second best, but in terms of reputation, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it was second best because Tetiova is very rightfully feared by everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look for like the super jankiest 
thing that I can oh, find. We got I'm going to go oh. back and, oh. <laughs> and find one of those you, hidden gem cards from, you, from you the right place. or whatever. To the right pod. <laughs> yeah. Homelands Uncommon will be my first search. There you go. I think that's Dave's mm -hmm. wheelhouse. Wait, sorry, what is it? Homelands, Homelands. Uncommons. Homeland. Oh. <laughs> I, I built a cycle of Homelands decks. I have a deck for Aaron. I have a deck for Isan's Shade. I have a deck for Revika. I have a deck for Rashka. All Isan's four of Shade... those decks. Wait a minute, I thought Isan's mm -hmm. Shade was rare. No, it's got an uncommon printing. It was yep. uncommon in uh, Masters 25. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's handy. So, yeah, but, I... but to Sheldon's point, Isan's Shade was not uncommon in Homelands. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Just it's uncommon true, true. later. Yeah, I, I, I have all four of those decks built. All four of those decks use exclusively pre-modern cards. So they're all old border, old old frame. Every single one of them is terrible. The best creature across all four decks is uh, Sandbar Crocodile, because it's a 6-5. <laughs> it's bigger than Crawworm. It's, yep. it's, all it's literally unkillable. Send your autocrat. Literally indestructible. Send your autocrat. Yeah, you can make some surf tokens. Get some surf tokens. Yeah, yeah there you go. do some aristocrats. He's he's literally named an autocrat. He's begging for an aristocrat. He's, he's begging for it. That's right. Ashnod's altar is common. Yeah. Yep. And ridiculous. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty nuts. Although the the other free sacrifice outlets are not right. Goblin bombardment, altar of dementia. Um, Thermopod is. The we other do free not have one. those. Um. Viscerous carrion here. feeder, viscerous here, carrion, carrion feeder. Oh yeah, Nantuko husk, uh, Nantuko yeah. husk, uh, bloodthrone vampire. Yep. Yeah. If you're in, if you're in red, you've got thermopod, which you can sacrifice creatures for a mana. Uh, if you're sacrificing goblins, you can uh, skirk prospectors. Yeah. Uh, both of those things make uh, mogwarts pretty formidable in format. You can mm -hmm. you can build a deck with um, what's the red cap guy? Murderous, Murderous Red, Red Cap. cap. Murderous yeah. Red Cap. Yep, yep. You can do that. That plus first day class gets you, uh, gets you some gas. Going, going down the list of some even more. You've got Bloodflow Connoisseur and Devouring Swarm. Uh, Dark Privilege is a great protection piece. Uh, oh, the regenerate thing from like yeah. visions, weather yeah. light, something. Yeah. Oh, I love Dark <laughs> Privilege. Um, Good stuff. Looks like Fanatical Devotion in white. Oh my. Seeing lots of mana gates. You got Phyrexian Ghoul is free, but that's just another Bloodthorn Vampire. Yeah. Uh, and that looks like it's about it. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of ones that are in black. That are oh, oh my! Juniper Order Ranger and Grumgully are both uncommon. It's yes. true. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is um. There's a persist creature that has a free sack outlet stapled onto itself. Airy Ufies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah, that... As long as you have a flying target with that, can make an arbitrarily large Juniper Order Ranger. Yeah, um, but there are, there are fewer three-color um, oh, creatures, yeah. right? Oh. Yeah. That is definitely a sore spot in the uh, in the community. I've been writing heartfelt and sincere letters to Morrow and Gavin every <laughs> single day for the last seven years, yeah. begging for more three-color options. Yeah. Do, do, you have, do you have an inside line with them? Can you get us... Um, right now, each each shard has exactly one three color commander, except for Sultai. Except for Sultai. Did I say shard? Yeah. Each wedge, wedge. each wedge, wedge yeah. has exactly one legal commander, except Sultai, which has a second one because plane chase was weird, or planar chaos was weird. For the for the shards, we have about ten each, uh, which is not 
great. Most of the PDH decks you'll encounter are either one or two. Yeah. You can do some interesting things with five colors. Uh, we have yeah, something we have like few, seven five color, options. five color options. Because it, like we had that night cycle from Conflux, and then yeah. uh, can partners, fusion elemental. What, what partners can get you to three colors? None. Every single partner, every single uncommon partner is monocolor. Monocolor from uh, the first Commander Legends. Legends. Yep. Huh. Even the uh, the commanders we got in Baldur's Gate plus backgrounds, yep. you can still really only do two colors. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It's unfortunate. Yeah. All the the two color partner kids were all from the that Commander Commander sixteen Let Commander. Like like yeah. Kinaios, not not Kinaios and Tiro. Thrasios is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, Thrasios and Ankle Shanker, but before she was Ankle Shanker, Vile Smasher. Vile Smasher. Yeah, 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 Vile Smasher. Yeah, those those were all rares. None of none of the two color partner kids have ever been uncommon. Uncommon. Right. Yep. Yeah, unless it's a specifically themed like supplemental set, what you'll notice mostly is we use decks are generally built out of the best limited uncommon of a given so those and those are usually two colors right well that's i mean that's that's great because you have someplace else to store your you know that subset of cards yeah yeah 100 percent. you don't have to have yeah, them they in make, the box they make you very good decks deck. yeah you can actually do something and, with them yeah and yeah you can and the deck is something you can do something with mm -hmm. so when i go to when i go to um a command fest or i go to magic con how mm -hmm. how much PDH action am I likely to find? Currently, I have no idea. At, that is a, a good question. At a MagicCon, I know the MagicCon that just happened in Philly. Uh, like I was saying earlier, we have we have a couple of cities that are hubs for competitive PDH. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia happens to be one. Oh, so I yeah. know I know mm -hmm. specifically at MagicCon Philly there was a a much larger than normal PDH showing just because these players didn't have to travel or get hotels. They they could just upfront pay the, the fee to get in the door. Right. Um so there was there was a large showing there and they just hung out in the command zone uh, or around it mm -hmm. because it's PDH and a decent chunk of them also just happen to have PDH decks. Sure. And a lot of times when you have a MagicCon group like that, I know the uh, a good chunk of the players that were there didn't just bring one or two decks. They brought, you know, ten to twelve, which a lot of times you don't want to do for a convention because you don't want them to get lost or stolen. But the flip right. side of PDH is all your decks are twenty dollars, <laughs> and <laughs> you're not terribly worried about it. But it also you can share decks, and and you know one plus can provide a pod's worth of decks. Right. At other Magic Cons, like the uh, one in Vegas last year, there was no PDH people. Uh, if there were, they were there for other reasons. Whether right. they were judging, they were on staff, they were playing EDH in one of the five Ks. Mm -hmm. The you're not expecting a large PDH showing uh, unless someone said, brings it up and says, hey, we should play some PDH. Yeah. I happened to bring half my collection. Right. Right. <laughs> so I imagine there's a fair amount of crossover from regular uh, commander to PDH. Mm -hmm. what, what have you found the reason for people playing PDH but not the base format? They came from 60 card popper. They enjoy popper. That's me right there. They wanted yep. the social aspect mm -hmm. uh, that you don't really get in competitive 1v1. Mm -hmm. So they kind of just, they moved into PDH because they get the social aspect while staying on the, the cheaper budget, the easier right. access cards. Okay. And popper players just in general, that is their collection is popper. Mm -hmm. So you're yep. telling them, oh, I don't have to go buy any more cards. I can just build out of what I already have existing. 
that that tends to get them. Yeah, um, I can, I can I, bolster my collection based on the cards left over after a draft. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. I think that I probably represent a very different population of PDH players in that I've I've never really gotten into 60-card popper at all. I, I came to you PDH... You weren't much of a 60-card player any format, not just popper, but really any format, right? Yeah, that's I'd say that's accurate. <laughs> I I went to one standard tournament once during combo winter as a like 11-year-old idiot that thought Goblin War Buggy <laughs> was sweet, and I had the most miserable time in my entire life. Right. Never, never touched 60-card again. Uh yeah, no, I, I came into PDH from uh, the Commander scene because I I felt like Commander was like... And I, th this journey started about 10 years ago. Even even back then, I, I felt that... Or I guess I should say, back then, the, the big appeal of PDH to me was that it was accessible and that it was, a, it was a much slower, much less explosive, much less swingy format. Like, I didn't... I, I I hate it when someone goes turn one soul ring arcane signet and I go okay I'll just, I'll just be four turns behind you the whole game <laughs> this is it's just it right. feels bad and then someone else goes you know turn one whatever smothering tithe heuristic study like the whole thing is just so I I've, I had a lot of bad experiences playing commander because the the people that I was playing with were bad at like communicating what we all wanted collectively mm. out of the game together but like right. I felt back then. I felt like Popper sort of like normalized all of that. Like it was, even if, you know, people people showed up to the Popper EDH game and communicated poorly about what they wanted out of the game. Like it's, it was still a, it was still a game. Like no one, no one was having these crazy explosive turns. No one was like stumbling accidentally into game ending combos that, that we couldn't interact with. Uh, it was, it was just always consistently it had that pattern of like build up every deck gets to do the thing something epic happens the game ends and i, I yep. really appreciated that about it and uh so for a while i was i was sort of enjoying both of them and then in the last couple of years i felt like commanders sort of gotten out of control a little bit like the 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 precons are so much and they're happening so fast and like uh the the last one that i even like noticed at all was deflecting swats and mm -hmm. the, the whatever whatever the blue one is that's just like accidentally force of will but better somehow here's guardianship sure yeah i don't even know the name of it because <laughs> okay like that was that yeah. was the last time i played close attention to what was happening commander and i was like you know what i think i'm okay i'm fine without this in my the life free, i don't need to, I don't need to chase down these spells are yeah the free commander yeah. spells i think are a mistake in design I agree, but I have, I have exactly zero evidence to suggest that Wizards is not going to keep making that mistake. <laughs> so, like, I can avoid that mistake by just sure. playing a different format. Like, that was that was my my sort of solution to it. And like, I, you know, I still have a handful of my commander decks. I'll still I'll still take them out. Like, if I if I'm hanging out with a couple of my friends and we all know exactly what we want to do mm -hmm. and we're all like pleasantly buzzed and like want to do commander like well i will i i still love the format i still engage with it i play it on occasion i just i don't play it with strangers anymore right i think is is where i'm going with this um and as a show like we're we're pretty big fans of the 40k commander decks oh yeah too. they gave a lot yeah. to our format they're fun yes. decks on their own like I, very good they were very good, good to play together decks. in the biodome yeah yeah. I love pre-con commander. <laughs> like I have I have all the 40k decks, like I'll play those like against each other routinely. I have the one of the other the, the years the, the four color year, Kanaios and Tiro and Yidris. I have all of those decks. I'll just bust those out and play them together. Like commander pre-con commander is like 
10 out of 10. Well, it's I gotta as tell you, as... I gotta tell you the, over the last few years, I think some of the most fun that I've had has been in power limited versions of Commander. Whether sure. it's been playing pre-cons together or Boxing League or, um, but yeah, Boxing League was a stroke of genius. Um, Boxing uh, League is for, so good. Forgive me. Um, I have no idea what a Boxing League boxing is. Boxing League is you take, a, you take a box of boosters and you okay. have a deck from it. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, okay. And then, yeah. and then as, as designed, um, this was a, it was a, it was an initial brainchild of Brian David Marshall on a, on a phone right. conversation he and I were having about not Commander, mm-hmm. and it just came up, and then we started talking about it, and then we just like, all right, okay, let's do it this way, and then let's do it this way, and then here, you know, here are some ideas for rules, and basically then, so you start with a box of boosters, and then at, at a set period of time, you get to add... X number of booster packs. I think six was the was the standard from uh, okay. from a different set. You can't pick uh, a set that you've uh. previously picked. So on week on turn three or week three, you can't pick your initial box or the boosters you chose last week. And uh, okay. yeah, and then you build okay. from there. So um, it's like this evolving yeah deck. Um, thing. Yeah, but uh, like we have done together, Commander Rules Committee has done together. Innistrad plane constructed, where we, you know, we the eight, the, the only legal cards were from the eight Innistrad um, sets. Uh, right. Uh, we banned Champion I... of Lamhole right away in that because <laughs> the, the game the game was just who got their Chan Lam first. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, I and we I've done that with Ravnica. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're I, we're still talking about doing yes. that with Ravnica. Um, yeah, we well, could yep, yep. probably do it with Dominaria, although I guess that's just magic. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just the game. <laughs> uh, you could do it with Zendikar. Yeah, yeah, you do it. With uh, yeah, we've been to Zendikar a few times now. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of pre precon decks and such, I do want to give you a big thanks because Strixhaven is Liam's favorite set, and Orzov is my favorite color. Oh, player, sweet! So. <laughs> Amazing. I, we want to thank you for that. I, I, that uh, I loved putting that deck together. I, you know, I love I love both building the deck and designing some of the cards. Now, how does something like that work? Like they contact you and say, "Make us an Orzov deck," or they just say, "Make a deck." No, no, no. That yeah. was that was come work for us for X number of months and be on a, a play design team or a vision design team. So I amazing. I actually went out there at the end of 2019 and worked at uh, Watsi to do that. And oh, by the way. I was coming home every other week for experimental immunotherapy treatments. So I'd get off, I'd like, I'd get off of work on late on a Thursday, get on a red eye, uh-huh. hit the ground on, hit the ground in Tampa on Friday, go right to getting treatment, spend the weekend Oof. with my wife, fly back on Sunday and design was... and design more magic cards. I just just for the listen, just for the listeners, real quick. If they don't know, uh, you were on the like you said the design team for Silver Quill Statement from yep. the Strict Yeah, Haven. it was on the Silver Quill Statement. Deck Commander twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was on the team, the Strict Haven design team, but the Strict Haven Commander design team. Uh, but Keen Duelist and uh, Promise of Loyalty are cards that changed very little from the from my first draft of them. Like I have a notebook okay. sitting just a few feet away, 
that still has that still has him. That could, and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. I when I saw Promise of Loyalty finally get printed, I realized it. But I didn't realize it with King Duelist until I was flipping through that notebook. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> like there, there, you know, it was it was the, one of the first things that I drafted after reading the vision design document. So the first thing that happens when you get on a set is that there's a world building document mm-hmm. and you read that before you start designing cards. You know, sure, you, don't sure, just, sure. you don't just design magic cards. You don't just start, start whipping them out yeah. out of nowhere, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, the, most good magic players and invested magic players probably could design a card in a vacuum. Card designers don't work in a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? There's there's the set you're on, which is very important, and the and again the the feel and the flavor. You know, we 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 had pretty firm instructions that Strixhaven was not grim, dark Harry Potter, mm-hmm. right? That sure. you have to you know you have to get in with the feel of the world or the plane, um, and then you also have to consider the the sets that are around it, right? You you, you remember. Again, a, a magic set getting dropped into the middle of an, envir- an environment of some kind, whether it's standard or modern, or commander. Although, I guess there's no such thing as a command. There's no global commander metagame. Um, uh, so you, you have to think about the other cards. And when you're designing for an eternal format like commander, you have to consider all the, you know, x thousand tens of thousands of cards that have ever been designed before. Does the thing yeah. does the thing um, that you're designing break mindless automaton or <laughs> watch or whatever? Right? Um, yeah. So it's a it's it it was in in some ways the hardest work I've ever done. Um, I mean, at least nobody was shooting at me, which was good. Um, yeah. It was definitely one of the most, some of the most rewarding work I've ever done, and it was oh, easily sure. the best work environment I've ever been in. It was, oh, that it sounds was good. Um, yeah, it that was sounds amazing. Really amazing. Just every day inside Studio X, there was was a joy. The people, the people are great. The um, it's it's basically a cube farm with the half the half size cube walls. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and they're arranged in like groups of eight because of the half walls. You can hear conversations from the other side, so we'd have this thing that I that I dubbed the meerkat effect, where <laughs> you'd be in a conversation so and then up. a head would pop up <laughs> over the over the wall and throw into the conversation, and and again you get all these very very smart, skilled, talented, dedicated, engaging people um, uh-huh. that you're doing work with, and. Uh, you can imagine what kind of environment that that is like. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Uh, I was I was just going to ask how I got this job, but then you you went into the talented, dedicated, amazing people. I was like, oh, it's not <laughs> oh, me. I'm I get out, it. I'm I see. Out. I see. <laughs> yeah, that came from not a conversation. Came from a conversation from between me and Gavin Verhey at an SDG con. We were I, like we were having lunch, mm-hmm. and the idea of me coming out there and doing a design job came up, and that was I think that was June, and. By September, I was signing the contract, and oh wow, and was there on the first of October. Fantastic! How does how does one get into a situation where you're just having lunch with Gavin? Because like just that's that's another lunch thing with, with Gavin <laughs> that I would like to look into. Uh, I might turn that question around. 
how do we get in a situation where Gavin's having lunch with me? There you go. I think uh, we need to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 we have Gavin on the show, we'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, we are we, we are close. We are close and dear friends. In fact. Oh, that's good. excellent. Good, good, good. He was. Um, he was our last visitor here in Florida before the pandemic, and he was the first after. Oh, amazing. He, um, amazing. he was coming up. I was coming back from the Reno Grand Prix or Magic Fest or whatever it was. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was called. And he was coming off of a cruise of some kind. And he, you know, he, he planned to visit because the cruise was landed in Miami and was just going to take the train up to Lakeland. Right. And he, uh, he was like, we got uh, we got this COVID on. You sure you still want me to come? I'm like, yes, still come. Of course. And yeah. then yeah, and then he escaped, and the world shut down. <laughs> <laughs> At least he got off the boat in time. Yeah, and then we were yeah, and then uh, yeah, when the things opened back up, he came down, and we had some uh, uh, we we had some good times. He is a he is a phenomenal human being. It must be said. Yeah, he seems like it. Seems like it does a lot of good work. I, yeah, yeah. I I see him in things, and I'm like. That guy seems awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, which means that now, now that you've met us, I, I, you are contractually obligated to tell tell Gavin to come on the show and also tell him to print more shard commanders, wedge commanders. Wedge. I always mix those. Wedge. Like to me, to me, they're both. Both of those words mean the pointy thing, and I the just triangle of them. sorts. <laughs> right. I mean, how much, how much interface do you all have with the regular popper people, with the sixty-five popper people? Quite, I, 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 I still do quite a bit from my time in that format. Well, I mean, isn't he on that team? Isn't he on the popper? The the PFP? Whatever mm-hmm. it, whatever it's called. <laughs> Got a name. Yep. Uh, I, I think he's on I that. I don't, I don't actually talk to people outside of this Discord. I'm not even on Twitter. I just no. I hear names and I'm like, you seem like a person with influence. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to he's me. A, he's a very open person and very open to to new experiences. So yeah, I'm like he's he's that person who some you know some dude in um, Cairo will will ping him on Discord and say come visit me in Cairo and he's like okay <laughs> all right cool why not <laughs> <laughs> amazing that is amazing um, so yeah I mean I reach out he I, yeah. like I said I mean obviously he only has so much vacation time. But oh, um, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know for I know for a fact that he loves new experiences. So if you have a new experience to offer, I'm sure he'd uh, take you up on it. I mean, I'm get the I'm uh, 90, PDH experience. I'm 95 percent sure that he's never been on the PDH pod. So that sounds like it yeah. could be a new experience <laughs> for him. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm, pretty sure. You know, I'm like I said, I'm I'm building the deck, man. I'm getting on the stream. Do it. What, you what, absolutely who, should. Who, 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 who beside the pals do I need to talk to? Brad. Uh, right here. Brad. I stream every yeah. Saturday night on Twitch. Are you going to be the? Are you like you going to be my? Um, are you going to be my uh, corner man? And just, absolutely. Okay. Hundred percent. I got your back. Okay. Just point me. Like I'll go go to that. Like I, I've gotten to the point. I've gotten to the point where like, I don't necessarily think about where I go. I just have somebody to tell me where to go. Just somebody to point I'm, fingers. I'm, and you like just, there's yep. a producer. <laughs> there's a producer, right? And the producer is a very smart person at production. <laughs> So why would I try to do that myself? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> right? There you go. I believe in expertise, <laughs> and <laughs> so you know, I don't. I don't change the. I don't change the oil in my car. I have right. an expert do that, right? So That's I, what they're there I, for. And I didn't ask the mechanic 
to defend the country for 20 years. That was my job. See? So <laughs> that sounds logical. We, we have areas of expertise, and That's yeah, right. just, just point me in a direction. And, and uh, yeah, I, I would have you on if you want to get some spell table going. There's a there's a scene in a probably it's an early season of The Simpsons where Lisa is in a recording studio with some mm-hmm. very important to her project that she's doing recording for, and Krusty just slams open the door is like, all right, watch how hey, a pro hey, works. Hey. He rifles off some things and <laughs> heads back. He just storms right out. Yep. <laughs> Classic. So, I mean, you know, I know we've been talking about other stuff. You probably had questions that you wanted to ask me. I honestly, all I of the questions. I guess we could talk that... about some serious stuff if you wanted. Uh, what, I, you want? Really just, I think we had like one Again, big sort of question. This is your show. Talk about. This is your show. You just point me where to go. I, See? What is point? I have a bunch of questions written down, but, like, every single question you have asked has been far more interesting than everything I have written down. So, like, before we get into my questions, if at all, I want to make sure that you don't have anything else that you want to talk about. Well, I'm sure that I'm going to have questions as I I begin my PDH journey. um, Absolutely. uh, Uh, Into, well, more, like, what are the, what are the social stigma cards? Um... Like what? Oubliette. Oubliette, that's it. What, what is it that I couldn't... What is it that I don't know that I probably can't figure out for myself? You can't do stats. Cannot. It, it, we have a couple dedica- players that are dedicated to figuring out PDH stacks, and it has yet to happen. De- dedicated to trying to figure it out. To trying to They're figure it out. They're all rare cards, right? They're... All rare cards. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. All the good ones. All the, good yeah, all, ones. The, all the actual stacks pieces even, are rare. Even, <laughs> like, if you put it on a scale, right, all the good ones are rares. And then even, like, the best of the bad ones are still rares. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Best you can do is Eidolon of Rhetoric in the Command Zone. Yeah. As, like, a, as an Arcane Laboratory and then, like, a Rebels theme. Sure. Like, you, can rebel, you can rebel Tutor for Bound in Silence on someone else's turn. But, right. like... You can't you can't so, do stacks. Oubliette is the is the is the social bad. stigma card. Uh, the other social stigma cards used to be Ristic Study, Mystic Remora, but we banned those. Did you ban them? And... Did you ban them? So so philosophically, when it comes to bans, um, mm-hmm. I've been pretty clear that that we don't ban a card for what it does. We ban a card for mm-hmm. what it does to the format. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so if a card if a card theoretically did something really really bad, but nobody's playing it, we wouldn't ban it. Fair. So, Ristic Study and Mystic Remora got to the point that if you were not playing a deck that included blue and therefore those two cards, you were playing the format wrong. Hmm. You were you were like, you were either casual or blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a good and way to so, put it. So, and they got they got the banhammer, and then you look at the current social stigma card of Oubliette. Now, Oubliette doesn't have as much of a total table game whooping power that the other two does. Right. What Oubliette does is it game it whoops the game for the player it targets. Specifically yep. if it targets their commander. Right? So the problem with Oubliette is kind of the same problem that Ristic Study Mystic Remore had where the enchantments and very difficult to remove. But is... once you once you step oh, outside yeah. of that they also do different things. Can't remove is... them is definitely a pretty limit. But I'll let Al uh, continue that. Them being enchantments was part of the ban. It, it wasn't. It was. It was a small part of it, honestly. The, we we banned them because 
they they warped the whole format around them. They, they warped the format in terms of like, if you wanted to be a competitive game, it had to be blue. It had to include those cards. Right. They were just auto includes. They were ubiquitous in every game. They also warped every game. When there was a game where one person resolved the mystic, for even for like a couple turns, like you do a, you you do a couple turn circles of heuristic study, and then it gets blown out. Like that person has the entire game has warped around. The, the just absurd crazy advantages that that one person has gathered and yeah. it's just it's it's a it's a much healthier much more balanced even format now that those cards are gone so given that enchantment removal especially is at a premium sure mm-hmm. do you find that there are a lot of enchantment heavy decks like can you there? can you kind of play enchantments willy-nilly uh worrying less about the removal there are less good enchantments to be playing is is kind of the other thing like you can you can absolutely build a a massive absurd powerhouse of a deck with something like Seder enchanter yeah. right. where the enchantments are going to replace themselves or like i have i have a really silly fun deck with um riptide chimera that lets you bounce a, an enchantment every upkeep so you can get value out of these etp things uh you can do that but like there's we don't really have a lot of like global enchantments that mm-hmm. have a big impact. Like Spider Silk Armor is big. Spider Silk Armor is huge. Bro- Broken Fall is absurd. Impact uh, Tremors. Impact Tremors. 1997 all over again. 1997 Magic. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. It's good, good to be back. Uh, yep. Yeah, like those, those are really big. Like aside from those, like the really the enchantments that see a ton of play are you know, like Oubliette is just like targeted removal. O Ring is just targeted removal. Things like that. Candlekeep Sage. And then all of our, yeah, I was going to say all of our backgrounds. CKS yeah. is <laughs> yeah, Candlekeep Sage is outrageous. Candlekeep Sage is criminally underplayed in regular Commander. It oh. is not underplayed in Papa Commander. I, not it at is, all. I think all the thing the holding it back in EDH is that common set symbol because people just look down on it. But then, <laughs> I, I, but then I remind people of all the EDH staples that they play that are also common. Like their rampant growths and cultivates and brainstorms and counter spells and you know nature's lore and all that nature's stuff. Nature's yeah. lore, people playing lightning bolt and EDH, I don't know. Um, but like I, I remind them that these things are common and it's just like, Oh, you're right. Let me put Candlekeep Sage in real quick. <laughs> I watched I watched one person put it in the uh Brago ETB deck. Because they were like, Oh, that card's bad. Why would I play that? They put it in Brago. That game they drew forty cards off the Candlekeep Sage. Oh, I, I believe was like, it. So, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's your answer, yeah. 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 It is, it is brutal. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'll have other questions for you all down the road, but, uh, you know, for the purposes of, uh, of our chat here, um, we can, we can um, sort of shift gears into anything sure. that you might want to ask me. Sure. I'm going to read through the questions that I've got written down here. I feel like all of these things are things that you we have like touched on at least a little bit. Like I, I got to rant about Ristic Study, which was the purpose of me writing down that question. <laughs> We've already talked about Rule Zero. We've talked about common backgrounds. Like a lot of these things have just sort of come up. Talked um, about getting yelled at on Twitter. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're gonna, yeah. I mean, you, you got to realize that when somebody when somebody is spewing hate at you on social media, it's about them, not about you. Yeah. Right, that that's all there is to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. well said. Mm-hmm. It gets old, but never drags me down. Sure, you can't let it. That's It'll ruin. That's you. good. Yeah, yeah. I've I've weirdly been on the receiving end of very little hate. Like it's, it's pretty great. That is good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess the the really 
the really big question I have, and like we've we've sort of I feel like we've maybe danced around this a little bit, but like the the big thing that I would love to to listen to you talk about more, if you like, is when you first heard about the format, what sort of expectations, what like initial reactions did you have at the time, and like how has that evolved in the time since? Um, well, I mean, I've I've remembered playing some variant of popper formats through most of Magic's history, right? Sure. Again, okay. power power limited formats are are compelling to me. Um, yep. From from the days of when wild mongrel ruled the roost. <laughs> My brother had that deck. Um, wild yep. mongrel um, is the elephant enchantment. Um, guide. Uncommon elephant guide is that uncommon? Yeah, that's common. That's, com- that's common. Yeah. Common. That. The totem armor I, one, yeah, that's common. I, I, it got downshifted in a master set, and master I, set. I, mm-hmm. I immediately put it into my rabid wombat deck because I was really excited. Sure. And then I realized that, like at the time, the 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 commander rules were still that, like when your commander died, it was a replacement effect. Right. And I was like, ah, oh, I won't get an elephant. This card is terrible, and I took it out. And then the commander rules changed, and now I now I can get my <laughs> elephant. Took us. Uh, it took us like a year to get that change through. It's a very good change. It was yes. It was. I mean, uh, the, the, again, we had we had we had smart people working on it, and it didn't. It funnily enough didn't happen until I was out there, and I happened to be in the same cube square um, with the rules manager at the time. Just like some wording occurred to me one day, and I turned around and said, "Hey, what if we say?" And he's like. Perfect. <laughs> Why didn't? Because you know, again, you you don't you don't make a rules change and then and then go. Well, everybody will understand what it means. Right. You know, when you're writing rules, they have to be clear. They have to be accurate, brief, and clear. And um, yeah, we finally got there, which was which was I, really really nice. I I remember staring at the the madness rules change for like twenty minutes, being like, "What does this mean? <laughs> what what happened here? Like, I, I thought I knew what madness did, but was I wrong the whole time?" I, I well, I don't know what it does it anymore. I mean, I know <laughs> I know what the net effect of it is. I get to cast yes. my big game hunter, but that's right. <laughs> <laughs> after that, um, no idea. Mm-mm. I'm just uh, I'm dusting off my wild mongrels. Are they not good? Uh, you can, you can do wild mongrel things. Uh, I think that there's wild mongrel is hard to make work. Like in, you know, in, in the, in the day of torment, like you, we had, we had the deck with four X wild mongrel and four X circular logic and the arrogant worms. Like if you're trying to put together a hundred card singleton deck, that's going to use the flashback and the madness, like blue and green have really, really limited options for that. Um, if if you are amenable, I can talk to you for approximately three point seven hours about <laughs> madness, flashback, discard, graveyard synergies, because that's like that's just where I live as a as a human. Um, I don't think that blue green is the place to be for that. So like if you yeah yeah wild mongrel not great. Olivia's dragoon, Olivia's dragoon can get stuff done. Olivia's dragoon. Oh, guess what? Yep. It's flying. Yeah, I I run I run Olivia's Dragoon in the Azra Oddsmaker aggro deck that just yeets little annoying bodies at everyone endlessly. And then it's a it's a Rakdos aggro deck that just consistently discards to hand size while playing two or three spells every turn. It's 
Yeah, I think it's good times. I think I'm in for a. I, I think I'm in to 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 be building here. I'm in for a mentality shift. That sure. one, I don't have everything available to me, and like I know what cards. Oh, I'm going to pick this strategy, and I know what cards are good in that strategy. Well, ish, that one's rare. Oh, that one's rare too. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And I mean, I I I, I see it. It's a it uh, it's an looks like an engaging sort of path to walk down though. Two. To, to put it in the words of uh, uh, track cast, a lot of your vegetables are the same, but your desserts are very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of your ramp and your rocks will translate. Right. A lot of your big haymakers and, and spells to cast will not. Won't okay. so much. Yeah. I mean, still got did, capsized. Did Joey say it's that? That sounds like a very Joey thing to say. That was a Joey thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an yeah, absolute Joey thing. The other like sort of massive paradigm shift that if you're if you're gonna switch from commander to PDH is to recognize that like board wipes are very limited in number and limited in scope. So yep. you've got you've got pestilence, you've got crypt rats, you've got Evancar's justice. Those are the those are the big ones that'll go like above two. At at two, you've got you know arms of Hadar, fiery cannonade, breath weapon. Yep. Uh, the the elves one, I blight massacre. I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. All of these a, cards are a bunch are, of them at one damage, obviously. But there's a bunch of one damage. All of them yeah. are red and black, and like almost all of them are damage based. So yeah. Uh, it it that changes that changes the way that you build decks. So like right. abruptly, like token strategies are are a lot a lot better because you can count on these things not being all that prevalent, but then they're also more vulnerable because you don't have the um, Teferi's protection or, yeah. uh, you know, you lack, all, all you the also, other stuff. You lack a lot of the uh, uh, anthems as well. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, there's a missing anthems. It also means that when you're playing interaction, you don't just get to slam Psychrift into every single deck you build and like, right. this will solve all my problems. Like, you have to you have to select your interaction very, like, purposefully. Right. Like, I need I need to do a lot of spot removal, I need to do, you know, if, if you're in green, you got to go hard on the fight spells uh, and the, the naturalizes the return to natures, uh, that sort of thing. I wonder, what, yeah, I wonder what kind of, um, oh no, shit, ah, contested cliffs is rare. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was going down the line of beasts and... Yep. Uh, I, I, I have built a beast deck. It is profoundly bad i i used um shale skin bruiser the seven mana four four it gets plus three power for every attacking beast <laughs> now herd bailoth's pretty good that's that herd bailoth is very good yeah that's one i have fun with quite a bit yeah yeah and yeah, what is yeah. it Terri territorial scythe cat is that, that's pretty much that our beast? best oh i don't know if that's a beast but that's our best mono green deck correct teamer Sabretooth. Teamer Saber Team Team thank you. Central Scythe Cat is a is the landfall. Yeah, I was. On it, I think I was looking at landfall this yeah, morning. Yeah, Teamer Saber Tooth. Uh, okay, I, was, I, was saying, yeah. <laughs> I have said Teamer Saber Tooth. Yep, is a surprisingly good mono green combo deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other really really big shift in uh, paradigm is that uh, PDH lacks any way to like just refill your hand. So in, in EDH, you can have these games where you go, you know, 
land rock, land rock, land rock. Yeah. My hand is empty. Wheel of Fortune abruptly, like, that's not a problem anymore. Like, in PDH, if you go it's like really deep into the, the ramping strategy, you know, turn five, you have 10 mana and nothing to do with it because you're hellbent. And then, like, you gotta... Yeah. There's effects that are like so, three mana, tap the rock, four mana, tap the rock, draw a card, yeah. or, or look at the top card in the library if it's a land, put it on the field. Like those cards become really good. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, your bonders ornaments, your lantern of reveal, etc. Mm -hmm. et yeah, the stuff that gives you yeah. stuff for free. Yeah, I mean, windfall was an uncommon, right? Uh, windfall. windfall? Yeah, so it's not legal. Yeah, there's no place it's been printed at common. I don't think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we follow a... just like just like sixty card popper. We follow digital print, you know, MTGO printings and paper printings. Tolarian wins, Tolarian wins, and flux amazing. Are yeah. as close as we get to wheels, and neither of them refill your hands. They just say draw as many as you discarded. Yeah, whirlpool rider, but it's just, just whirlpool like, rider. It's not, yeah, it's not a wheel necessarily, but yeah. it's pretty good with um, Quasar. <laughs> but it's so good. It's, it's so all good. there's a. There's a Simic kid from Strixhaven that also loves the. It's like the the. It's got the Magecraft trigger that you like. Look at the top three and put any lands into your hand. Oh, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pledge Mage. Maybe. Is the Pledge Mage uh, or is it the Apprentice? The Apprentice should be. I think it's, the, I think it's the, the Apprentice. Uncommon. Yeah. That Pledge guy all common. can like consistently get a hand of you know like ten cards, which is two spells and eight lands. <laughs> like when you, when you when that's your hand, like Whirlpool Rider is suddenly a bomb. Right. Uh, yeah, for the most part, like you have to be, because because there's no real wheels that are accessible to you, with with the exception of Dragon Mage. Dragon Mage is an uncommon. You can have that as your commander if you want right. to be <laughs> berserk. <laughs> with the exception of Dragon Mage, you you just don't have access to wheels, so you need to be very intentional about card advantage, and you also need to be very creative about card advantage in terms of like, you know, if you're if you're in green and white, like. We don't have Rishkar's expertise either. Like, there's there's nothing that can just give you a bunch of cards. So yeah. you have to sort of pack your deck with these little incremental value steps that are going to, like, lots of adventure spells, because you can use those twice. Lots of flashback or buyback. Yep. Lots of, uh, like, green has a lot of these digging spells. Like, you lead the stampede mm -hmm. is capable of putting three cards in your hand if you're lucky. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... I, intentionality is the word that my brain keeps coming back to. There's a lot of intentionality that has to go into the, your your card advantage suite and your removal suite, your interaction suite. You can't fall back on habits. Exactly. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I've taken enough of your time. I okay. loved every minute of it. Yeah, it's absolutely blast. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yep. I look forward to hearing more from you. I would. I am excited about your journey into PDH. I would love to be a part of it. Please. Definitely reach out with any yeah. questions you have. Oh, we have yeah, to. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Liam and I are both on Twitter. Dave's in the Discord. Yada, yada, yada. yada I do the yada, streams yada, every Saturday. Yeah, so. yeah it's going to yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, again, it's still going to be a little time because i got some other things I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really want to finish doing. But, uh, sure. Uh, and and one, of them, one of them is an accurate inventory of my cards <laughs> and decks. Oh, okay. Which I've been working on yeah. for the last week and a half already. <laughs> and I'm um, at... I think I've I think I've done twenty six, so I want to make sure I want to make sure all twenty six of my decks are accurate, and I mean all eighty one of my decks are accurate, and that what is in those decks are accurately re reflected in the Archidec database. Oh, like yes. printing. Sure. Yep. Then I'm going to take all the other stuff that's not in a deck and jam it in there. So at the end, 
at the end, the ideal will be that not only will I know how many decks I'm playing that card in, I'll know at a glance, I won't have to go to the closet to find out how many copies of that card that I have available ah. to build a deck. Like, can I build a deck with uh, masked admirers in it? Why, yes, I have four copies. So <laughs> that's, that's the end goal. That's <clears throat> ambitious. I love it. I was going to say ambitious, but it sounds like the payoff is going to be worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's what I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm about a third of the way through my decks right now. Um, All right. And then we'll, cool. yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, thank you very, very much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for gonna, being here. Yeah. We're going to get into the outro, and then we'll uh, get everybody out of here. But uh, a few more things if before we wrap it up for the week. If you need more Popper Commander Talk, have any questions about the format, you can always email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH Home Bases website. That'll take you right to their Discord server. You can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And as always, you can find Dave as Alcadron just about anywhere else PDH is being talked about. Another huge thanks to Sheldon for coming on the show. And if listeners don't know already, where can they find you? Where's the easiest place? Uh, Probably Twitter, right? You can find me uh, yeah, just, just look around where people are, are angry about commander. <laughs> Follow the angry people, and you'll find. Yeah, uh, you can find me. You can find me by my name on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can find me on the Commander RC Discord server nearly all the time. Uh, there's a link if you go to mtgcommander.net. There's a link on the main page to the Discord server. Come join nearly ten thousand friends. And, uh, Amazing. And have a good time. Uh, we have both on-topic and off-topic channels uh, to talk Perfect. about. So there's Perfect. format philosophy, and then there's TV and film. So I love the it. rules committee members and the CAG members are happy to engage with folks there. It's, it's the place you're most likely to find this. Uh, you can see me streaming with the other knuckleheads on the rules committee uh, Thursday nights on Twitch. Uh, that's twitch.tv uh, slash commanderrc. And, of course... Okay. Every Thursday, you can find me on Star City Games writing about this year, the best format in the history of Magic. Oh, perfect. I love it. I will put all the links to all that good stuff down in the uh, down in the show details. So as episode 41 of the PDH pod comes to a close, we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, play some PDH, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. I brought pump text at the party. Pump. I brought pump text at the party.